All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard, alongside me, as always, Nick Wilson, kicking it up in studio and keeping us in check like he always does. Cody Watson's here with us. Caden's sitting in. Man, we got an exciting episode for you tonight. David Wozniak and his amazing daughter, Aaliyah, are coming on to tell us all about what they've got going on, where they're headed next, and what they've been doing here lately. Y'all stick around and stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. Nick, I think I'm going to change your name to the Georgia Hammer the way you've been rolling these turkeys over. Hey, I had to throw it out there. I had to throw it right out of the gate. Go ahead and get them started. Podcast land, but somebody's tagged out in Georgia right now. (laughs) What the golly? Can't believe it. Three gobblers, what, 10 10 and a half, 10 and three quarter, and 11 and a half? That's it. Golly, man. I mean, a hammer. Cody, what you got over there? Any any turkeys? (laughs) Just been putting people on turkeys, you know? Nick's killed more than you've put them on, though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's been a lot. Well, I don't know. No, you are tied because you We're got tied. two with Caden and yeah. you got one with the start there. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Luck has been in my favor. Hey, I'd rather be lucky as good anyway. That's day. what I said on that post. <laughs> <laughs> We've anyway. said that, as, as, and you've talked about turkey hunting this year more than you probably ever have. We've talked to amazing people from all over the country, and I knew it was something you were pumped up and jacked up for. And uh, has it been lived up to the hype that you wanted it to so far? It has, man. Even after taking a butt whooping on one on Sunday – Got back out there this morning. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, then had to roll one up. Yeah, but I'm still going to go back up there and get that one. Well, that is awesome. I'm not going to get you it, but I'm taking Clayton somebody. Yeah. yeah, you need to get Clayton on one. Clayton or Jack? We're going, yeah, we're going back. To, we're going to South this weekend. We couldn't go last weekend because of the rain. So we've got to make, we've got to get together and film together one time. Yeah, we got to get one filming episode. I guess I'll be filming because I ain't shooting. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even want to shoot. I'll just want to go. I'll maybe, just go maybe, and it, maybe it's going to come down to us filming Alex shooting one. <laughs> We're going to get in a blind because I'm shooting one with a bow if I do. Probably just going to be filming down to KT. Which, hey, speaking of that, shooting one with a bow, we've got an amazing guest on with us here tonight. And as, all, as I like to say, she's got to have something in common with me. Other than she likes to talk on camera, she shoots a Hoyt bow. Really? With the winner of the first annual Hoyt Lifeblood video series, coming to us as a representative of Realtree Camouflage, Hoyt Bows, Backwood Attraction, Easton Arrows, Hardy Face Paint, coming all the way out talking about those Brown and Trail cameras. I mean, they've got to be leading to some of the success she's been having. Grizzly Stick Broadheads, DSG Outerwear, and Coons Engineering. Everybody I'd like to introduce and welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. Leah Wozniak and her dad David. How are y'all doing, y'all? Awesome. Did I cover hey. every, did I cover everything, Aaliyah? You gotta keep me in check on this thing now. Did I cover everybody? Yes, sir. And that's awesome. Well, we're we're very honored and privileged to have you guys come on and be with us here. I mean, it's it's been an amazing story to watch. Um, I know that when I first reached out to you, David, I saw you post on the Whitetail Food Plotters page. And you, you shared a little tidbit of the information of, of what you were working on and what you were doing. And then when I actually saw the video, I'll be honest with you, I sent it over to Nick and I told him I would love to get you guys on. And, and I thought it would be a great opportunity for you to tell us the story about where you came from and where you're headed next. Because everybody out there, if you don't know who this little lady is, she is a straight hammer on the deer. She has taken some amazing animals. And how old are you now, Leah? I'm 12. 12 years old. And and how many bucks do you have under your belt? 
Seven. Seven bucks. Wow. <laughs> she's, she's killed more than most grown <laughs> men have. And and at this point in your your hunting career, and, and David, you may need to chime in here, what's the biggest one? 168. Oh, wow. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what was that buck's name, Aaliyah? Ugly. Ugly? Is that? Did you name him that? Yeah. That is awesome. Well, I, I want to get into, you know, all the stories and everything that's been going on with you guys and where you're where you're headed next. But I want to ask you, Aaliyah, first and foremost, what was it like when you finally saw that completed episode of your video for the Hoyt Lifeblood? Um, I was actually crying. I was so happy. Was you crying with excitement? Or was you crying excitement. like, oh, my goodness, that's me? Emotion. That's awesome. Well, hey, I can tell you what, I'm 35 year old and I still cry every time I go to the woods, I think, whether I stub my toe or whether I kill a deer or whatever it may be. So David, um, you know, we, we spoke yesterday on the phone and you kind of went through a little background of what's going on with, with everything and where you've came from. So I want to go back a little bit further than we went yesterday. And I want you to tell me a little bit about where you first got started hunting and that'll kind of segue into how you led Aaliyah to be, you know, as successful as she's been. Sure. Um, I'm actually, my family, and I'm from northern Michigan, and uh, we moved to Ohio when I was really young, but I still uh, I still bleed maize and blue. I'm Michigan <laughs> through and through. Still got family up there. Uh, but when we moved to Ohio, my dad took me squirrel and rabbit hunting, grouse hunting, and I was, oh, eight, nine, ten years old, and he, he let me carry a stick in the woods. And I used to cry because the guys we'd hunt with would have you know, BB guns or 22s or even shotguns and here's me carrying a stick and I would cry. And, and you know, he, it wasn't that I was an irresponsible kid. He just didn't think a eight or 10 year old could carry a, you know, she carry a, a gun. But for my 10th birthday, uh, he got me a, a Crossman 760 BB gun and it was game on from that point. Uh, you know, just, just chasing squirrels and rabbits and uh, in Ohio and we, we lived not that far from Cleveland, actually, but it was in the country. It was a rural area about 25 minutes south of Cleveland. But we had some friends that had property in East Central Ohio, a couple hours southeast of us in the, in, in the kind of the hill country. And that's kind of where I cut my teeth on, on bow hunting. Started when I was 13 years old. So, again, my dad's the one that got me into it. He was mainly a gun hunter wasn't really a bow hunter growing up in his hunting uh, career, but uh, he introduced me to hunting, introduced me to the outdoors, fishing and hunting. We used to fish Lake Erie a ton for uh, walleye, smallmouth, perch. But, uh, you know, I'd get to, I'd get to, to the weekend when I was old, you know, when I started being able to drive. And I couldn't wait till Friday because as soon as the school was out, I was headed to southeast or east central Ohio to our farms we hunted down there and I knew that you know I wanted to buy or get property down there at some point so I was right out of college just a pup was able to buy my first farm just 58 acres but it was real inexpensive land was a lot cheaper back then less than a thousand bucks an acre so I bought a little farm built a cabin there and uh you know I was hooked that was it (laughs) what was the first bow you ever started shooting it was a Darton MX-20. My mom got it for me when I was, for my 13th birthday. 
I was self-taught. <laughs> so there was a lot of trial and error. I was not a great archer to begin with. The first literally eight, ten years, I was not good. Um, but, I, you know, I, I had the passion for it. I loved it, but I was not a very good archer, not a good bow hunter. Thankfully, I missed and didn't, you know, wound <laughs> too right, many animals. Right. Just clean misses, thank God. Well, uh, but, it, you know, it, it, eventually it kind of all clicked. And, you know, but again, it took probably eight, nine years, almost 10 years. I was in my early 20s before I really started becoming a, you know, accurate or proficient archer or bow hunter. Um, but I figured it out. And, uh, you know, I can tell you this, it, it's helped with Aaliyah, the, the learning curve that she's had. Just knowing the things that I did incorrectly as far as archery, the mechanics and form and so forth, that I've been able to kind of pass along to her, knowing the things that I, I might have did wrong, you know, when I started out. So I think that's helped her a lot in, in her uh, beginning. Well, and that's that's awesome that you were able to, you know, take what you had learned through your trials and tribulations and pass them on. And that's something, you know, we're very passionate about passing on the outdoors and what we've learned and what we've went through as far as learning things. But I want to know what was the biggest challenge you saw when you were hunting that you were able to teach Aaliyah as you got her into archery? And I know that's maybe a hard question and being a, being a biggest challenge, but what would be one of the biggest challenges you saw? I think the, the biggest challenge was maybe not so much as Aaliyah faced, but when I was growing up in my teens and early 20s was having a place to hunt or, ha you know, having quality places to hunt. And so many of us face that and, it's, you know, a loss of habitat and um, urban sprawl, you know, we're all, lo we're all losing our, our hunting ground you know, wildlife habitat. So when I grew up, again, it was kind of a, almost a suburb of Cleveland. You know, the farms were all fragmented. You know, what I'd have, I had a beautiful 120-acre farm in, in uh, Hinkley, Ohio, and it ended up getting developed, you know, with 50 or 60 home sites. So, and also encountering a lot, a ton of hunting pressure up that way. Even though it was relatively close to the city, there were a ton of bow hunters even back then. And, uh, that's kind of what pushed me or drove me to try to locate some property. And again, we were already hunting with my dad and so with some and friends in Southeast and East Central Ohio, a couple of different counties, two, three different counties. But the, the pressure was a lot less down here, down this way. There were much bigger properties, bigger farms, you know, two or 300 acres. So that's kind of, I think a challenge for me that, that maybe Aaliyah hasn't, hasn't had to encounter because we we've been able to you know been blessed to pick up some farms and buy a couple farms sell a couple farms over the years uh you know i think the, the ohio's awesome because it has where some states have a minimum age requirement ohio has no minimum age requirement for uh youth hunters it also has a great apprentice program so for example Anyone that wants to hunt at any age can hunt with a licensed hunter without having taken their hunter safety course. Now you've only got that, that program for three years and you've got to take your hunter safety course and I'm completely in favor of all, you know, everybody taking that course, obviously. But the, you know, the, the beauty of the benefit of hunting Ohio, if you live here, 
you know, again, there's no, there's no minimum age. So Leah was able to start hunting when she was five or six years old. And I know a lot of states, especially out West, the minimum hunting age is, you know, 12, 13 years old. Same with a lot of Canadian provinces. So we were blessed to live in Ohio and it's got a great youth hunting program here. The Division of Wildlife in Ohio has just done a phenomenal job, again, with the apprentice program and also, again, just having that no minimum age for, for hunters. So, um, Aaliyah, I got to ask you, when yeah. did you decide first? I know I've watched your videos. I've seen you all over the place following Dad around hunting. But when did you first decide or what was your first memory that you can tell us about of going out into the woods and when did it really click for you that this is something you wanted to pursue as, as a passion? Um, three years ago. Oh, when I was three years old. Oh, when you were three years old. I was about to say, I was like, man, you've done a lot in, th- in three years. <laughs> so when you were three years old, is can you remember back to then when you were spending time in the woods with your dad? Um, yeah, I remember I was sitting on the tailgate and they were putting on my face paint. My dad was, and I remember climbing up the tree stand with him behind me. <laughs> and that was when it really clicked for you. Like this is, this is for me right here. Yep. So you took your first deer with a shotgun, I would assume in Ohio. Um, crossbow. Crossbow. Well, yep. you're, you're stepping it up all around. And how were you when you killed your first deer with a bow? Six. But with a bow, nine. Nine. Okay. <laughs> that is doing it. What kind of bow was that? Um, toy. There you go. She's tuning it up. Hey, I'm going to keep plugging that. Y'all can hate on me. But I got a, <laughs> hey, we got a prime shooter here. And we got a Matthew shooter here. So they're, they're going to be hating on me this whole episode. <laughs> is there, is there a minimum poundage requirement? Isn't that a thing in some states? Um, 40 pounds. 40 pounds. Okay. <laughs> It's 40 here in Ohio. Some, you know, I think that's kind of standard in a lot of states. I've seen a couple states with 35 pounds. Ohio's got a 40 pound minimum draw weight to bow hunt turkeys and deer. Right, right. And I think that was really the only thing kind of hold, I don't want to say holding her back, but she was ready to bow hunt as soon as she could get to 40 pounds. Uh, Aaliyah was in, it was three years ago, she had, she turned her birthday's in the fall in October. So she turned nine that fall. And I remember we were at the ATA show. So, you know, early mid January that year and it was an indie. And she said, Hey, I really want to bow hunt this spring for turkeys. Like not, you know, not with a shotgun, not with a crossbow and a bow hunt. She was probably drawn 31, 32 pounds. As I recall, I'm like, well, you got, you know, nine, 10 pounds to go, which isn't a big deal if you're an adult, you know, full frame shooter. But when you're eight, nine years old and just she weighed about 55 pounds at the time to go from 31 pounds to you know, 40 pounds in three months is not necessarily easy. No. So she practiced every day with resistance bands uh, and uh, Saunders makes a, a set of resistance bands with a couple of different resistance weights and using those and then just shooting her bow every day. She had a Hoyt, little pink Hoyt ruckus. Uh, it's funny cause the day before opening day of Turkey that year around, so, you know, mid to late April in Ohio, we went up to our local pro shop and they, you know, filmed it all, put it up on the bow scale. And it was 41 pounds and she was ready. So two in two days later, she ended up killing the, her first, uh, first 
bird with a bow. How many has how many has she killed since then? Um with a bow. Three. Congratulations. Yeah. That's three awesome. It's three more than I've killed with three a bow. Three more than I've killed. That's awesome. <laughs> That's two more turkeys than I've ever killed in my entire life. So you're doing hey, something great. Aaliyah, have you taken one with a shotgun? Yes, I've taken um, four with a shotgun. Nice. Are you going to take the shotgun back or are you, on, are you strictly bow now? Um, Both of them, but I really like to use my bow. I bet. I've seen that. You, now, do you guys use – do you have to usually set in those ground blinds when you shoot a bow out of those or do you have do you have to – do you build blinds across your uh, property out of just natural? We we use you know ground blinds for you know tent blinds whatever for bow hunting birds. Neither one of us is is a fan of blinds. <laughs> it's tough to hunt them without a blind. Obviously, it can be done. You know, kind of a natural setup. Uh, Aaliyah, in fact, last uh, this past weekend we were hunting outside of a blind. Uh, bow hunting birds, as you know, is kind of difficult without a blind. But we're not fans of, of blinds. Um, kind of switching gear here, switching gears here. But when Aaliyah started back, you know, five six years old, I realized early on that when we were in, and I had a couple of huge box blinds I built for her, thinking, okay, she's going to be comfort, you know, comfy. She can move around. If we need a heater, whatever it's cold, we can put that in there. A little bit bigger than like your standard blinds that you buy. Um, and obviously there's a lot of great blinds out there, but you know, we built some huge elevated box blinds that so we had great visibility, a little bit of a uh, help with, you know, scent and so forth if you're elevated. And I realized early on how bored she was in a blind. Now when it, when a deer or turkeys would, you know, come by, she'd, you know, stand up from her seat and was really alert and excited and, you know, engaged. But I realized that, when we were outside of a blind, just sitting next to a tree, for example, turkey hunting or the time she was hunting with me in a tree stand, and she was, you know, lifelined and had a little hunter safety system vest on, you know, cinched as tight as we could get it. So she was always lifelined in, even at three, four years old when she was in a tree stand with me. But I realized then, you know, again, four or five years old, even, even three years old, that she was so much more engaged and into the hunt and experience when she was outside of a blind. That's and I really, I think that that, you know, and I understand because I've got a lot of buddies and we, you know, all have friends that have, a lot of us have friends that, that have kids or we have kids that hunt and they're like, oh, they're, they're, I got to get them in a blind. They're, you know, they fidget, they're no, they make noise, they're moving around. You know, I don't want them to mess up a hunt or whatever. My thought is let them screw up your hunt. You know, that's so much more important getting them involved, but not just getting them involved, getting them hooked and keeping their interest. Uh, now, if it's cold and nasty out and rainy, obviously you want them, in, you know, some type of a blind to you know, keep them warm and comfortable. But it's, it's, I've, I've seen a lot better results, or I noticed a lot better results in the Lee early on. Again, this was going back, you know, eight, nine years ago when she was three, four years old when she was outside of a blind. And believe me, she, it, 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 she figured out early on how to be still and quiet, but when we're overlooking a food pot, let's say with 10 or 12 deer, you know, she's scanning left and right with her eyes and learning, you know, to, to stay still when you got that many sets of eyes around. Uh, so it really helped her become, you know, uh, a great hunter early on or a good hunter early on 
to be outside of a blind. And again, more than anything, it kept her interest and engagement and she was excited about being out there. Uh, you know, she liked being in a blind, but you could tell, you know, she'd just be somewhat bored when there weren't animals walking past or out in the food pot or, you know, fields, whatever. So I really think uh, it, if you can get a kid out of a blind, and again, if they mess up a hunt or two, who cares? You know, the, the point is, you know, let's get our kids involved and, and let's get them hooked on, on, you know, try to instill that passion with them, within them, uh, whatever it takes. David, did you find that it was easier with a young child to do, to start off turkey hunting to keep them better engaged than it was deer hunting? But just- uh, yes and no. You know, I would say no because you got to get up so darn early for turkey hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aaliyah likes to sleep in, and so do I. <laughs> uh, you know, turkey hunting, you get up at, you know, 4.15, 4.30 or, or earlier, depending on, you know, how far you got to go to your spots. But her first her first animal was a, was a deer, um, with a crossbow, but her first turkey was actually with a crossbow the following spring when she was six. So I don't know, you know, we hearing them gobble, I think does really, you know, when they're gobbling, you got birds, even if you're not seeing them, if they, when they're gobbling their heads off on the roof, there's to me, there's nothing better. You know, I can't speak for Lee, but I know she's, I think she'd probably agree. She likes turkey hunting as much as, as deer hunting, but if, it's because they gobble. If they didn't gobble, I don't think. I don't think none of us would hunt them. Probably. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you know. So Ohio just opened this past weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Saturday it opened for regular season. Last weekend there was a two day youth season. So the seventeenth and eighteenth was a two day designated youth season, and then there's five days closed season or off, and then it uh, opened for the main season for four weeks, just this past Saturday. And we've been getting our butt, we've been getting our butts kicked so far. So it's great to hear you guys having some success down there in Georgia. <laughs> our, our bird numbers are so low right now. We've had four consecutive really below average patches. We just had some cold, wet May and June when the, you know, the poults are hatching and obviously turks are so weather dependent when they hatch. Uh, and we've had these cold, wet rains in May and June when they're, when the poults are just, you know, on the nest and so forth. Um, and we've had just horrible hatches, four of them in a row. So we're really hoping and praying we got a good hatch this year, but our bird numbers from five, six years ago to now are just have, have plummeted. What is the, uh, what is the, uh, bag limit on turkeys? Two. Two. Is that for non-resident also? Yep. That's pretty cool. Well, Leah, Take us back to that first deer, that first ever deer that you were. I want you to tell that story for everybody out here to be able to listen to, and then we're gonna get into your first turkey because Nick's looking at me like I just broke off a turkey. He'd rather he'd rather hunt turkeys. He had to breathe good air. So, <laughs> but I want you to take us back to that first deer that you ever took and, and tell that story. And I want you to tell every detail of it that you can remember and just try to try to just think back to that moment and and tell us all about it. Was it in the morning or evening or? Whatever you want to do. It's your story. Tell it how you want to. Okay. Um, it was in the evening, and it was gun season, but I was using a crossbow, and I remember I had an orange vest on, and it was oversized down to my knees. And I remember when I shot that deer, it was a doe, I remember she. I shot her, I made a good shot, and 
she ran and I watched her fall over and I was so excited. How far did she ran run? Um, 50 yards. <laughs> How far did she <laughs> ran? <laughs> oh, so she only ran 50 yards. You must've been using, you must've been using one of those high powered crossbows. <laughs> now you went from there and did you hunt any more that season and did you try to get a buck that year or did it, did it go to the next season before you were able to try to get on a buck? Can, can I answer this for? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so this is, it was funny because she was six years old. Again, she, she, she turned six that, that October and our season starts oh like the last Saturday in September, usually here in Ohio. So I told her, Hey, this is your first year hunting. You shoot what what makes you happy. Shoot whatever you want. But the issue is she'd been with me, you know, over the years looking at trail cameras, you know, hundreds of thousands of pictures. And, you know, we're always checking cameras in the summer, watching, you know, glass and deer and field. So she knew what we had on camera. And she also knew my kind of philosophy as far as trying to, you know, pass younger deer and let them grow and so forth. So the first time we hunted was literally next to our house in the food plot. We got 100 yards from our house. And the first year that came out that first time she ever crossed the hunted, and we were in a blind was a nice look. I think it was a year and a half. It was, I recall eight point. And then I, and she, I said, Hey, you know, and it was literally like 25, 26 yards. And I said, Hey, you got a perfect broadside shot. You know, you want to take, she's like, no, he's too small. <laughs> so a half hour later, a six point comes out and it was, I think it was a year and a half old year two. And, uh, but I said, hey, there, here's another deer. And I didn't think she'd be real interested because, you know, the first one was a little, little eight point. And this was a six point. She said, I might want to shoot it. She said, I, I said, well, this, you know, I said, Leah, do what you want to do. But this is a six point. That was an eight point earlier. She's like, this one has a bigger body. <laughs> no. so, oh, hey. all right. <laughs> so, so long story short, she, she didn't want to shoot either. And then a big doe came out later and. She said, "Hey, I want to wait because we had a couple pictures of a well, we had pictures of a couple good deer in the area." Um, the long story short, skip ahead till late October that same year that 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 first fall she hunted, and we had pictures of a deer we called Heavy D, and we had a ton of trail cam pictures of this deer in this bean field, this bean plot that we had planted. We were hunting the same box blind where she ended up killing her first deer later that fall with a crossbow, and we're pretty good is you know for thousands of trail camera pictures we we look at each year and you know most guys are kind of the same way uh when you look at enough pictures you get a, enough different angles you can usually judge deer pretty well you know what they're you know score wise you know spread etc um and this this deer came out that we had a ton of trail cam pictures of and we when he came out i said oh sh oh shoot i'm like we underestimated this deer he's a tank so this deer that we called Heavy D walked past, and it was, well, he didn't walk past. He was headed to us, but a six-point was in front of him. He kind of followed this little six-point out, and the six-point was right in front of us, 25 yards, and this this big 11, this heavy, heavy D buck was kind of following him, browsing in the beans, and the six-point got hinky, got downwind or whatever, and this, this, the big one was about, well, literally just needed to, take a couple steps and start. He was quartering two and she obviously knew to, you know, wait for a broadside shot and so forth. And he was probably just a couple steps away from giving her a shot. And the, 
the six point star lifting his nose in the air and getting, you know, nervous. And he spun and trotted back toward where, you know, the betting where they had come from. And the, the 11 point, the, the heavy D buck didn't know what had happened, but he kind of, he turned and followed him, kind of trotted away. And she was, that was it for her that year. She said, I'm not shooting another, I'm not shooting a buck except heavy D. That's so awesome I'm like, well, she was able to commit to that. <laughs> you know, this is your, I said, this is your first year. You know, if you want to shoot whatever, a, a button buck, a, you know, forky, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever makes you happy. She just said that I, I want to stick. I want to, I don't want to shoot another buck besides heavy D. Well, he ended up disappearing a few weeks later, but she kind of committed the rest of her bow season. We got a long bow season. It actually goes into the beginning of February here. Uh, but she committed the rest of her bow season to waiting for that buck. She did end up killing the doe, like she said, in, in gun season later that year using a crossbow from that same blind that, that we had the encounter with Heavy D. But so it was, you know, um, she's definitely the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you know. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the following year, she, she picked a buck out in the summer called Diamond. And she, what we watched it all summer had a ton of trail cam pictures. It was pretty patternable. She killed it on what, the fifth or sixth hunt of the, the, that year in October. Hold on, so, David. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to have to hit you with a pumpy break in a moment like I do everybody yeah, else. Yeah. I want you to, Aaliyah, I want you to tell us that story about that first buck and what, what the emotions was for you on it. Um, I was, I didn't really, like, I was like, it was the first feeling of something that I did like, like I just did something amazing and I felt amazing and I felt like it was the like best accomplishment I've ever made and I felt so happy because um the year before um I wasn't able to shoot a buck but I still kept my head up and I shot diamonds and I really couldn't believe what I had just done. Now, when you went back to school, did you did you show all your friends pictures of that buck you killed and was just brag, yep. bragging all over the place about it? Yeah, we brought them out to school. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you have a lot of fri- <laughs> you have a lot of friends that you hunt with, Olia. Um, yeah, quite a few of them hunt. What's their names? You want to give them a shout out? Um, Tyler Crawford, Hunter Witt. Um, Kaylee Green. They, Let me think here. You're fine. on the spot with that. You know, it, her her school has been amazingly supportive of her. You know, some we're, we're in a semi-rural area, but uh, when when we were filming with, with Ralph and Vicky and Arthur's Choice and Ali would have a hunt on TV, the school would announce over the, uh, you know, the, the, the PA, the loudspeakers to the whole school, the, hey, hey, everyone, Aaliyah Wozniak, you know, third grader, Aaliyah Wozniak's going to have her hunt on the uh, outdoor channel this Sunday at noon that is on the awesome. choice. So the school was amazingly supportive uh, of Aaliyah as, you know, in her, her hunting endeavors, not just with, with, with uh, you know, kind of promoting her like that, but also when we'd want to take some time off and go out of state to hunt, they never gave, you know, gave, we'd always, you know, line up with all her teachers as far as, you know, assignments so she wouldn't get behind. Uh, and that's something her mom and I always talked about where they're like, hey, you can take as much time off to hunt as you want as long as you're, you know, maintaining your, you know, your grades and studies. And she always has. 
So, but her school district, her school system has been incredibly supportive of her and we know we're really appreciative of that. Now going out of state hunting, David, uh, has Aaliyah been fortunate enough to go out of state and, and take any animals? Yes. Which ones? I'm kind of curious on that. Um, the first one was we went to Kansas and I shot white tails there. You shot what there? And I I white tails. Oh, okay. And a Rio turkey. Oh, you've done double down in the state of Kansas. Okay, and what next? Um, then we went to Alaska and I shot a black bear. Of course you did. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Shot a black bear in Alaska. Golly, oh, that is amazing. That's awesome. Now, David. That, that was with my Hoyt. Oh, you shot the bear with your Hoyt? Yep. Get that plug in there. I love it. I love it. So, did going back to you said that you were on the Archer's Choice. Was was Aaliyah featured on some one of those episodes, David? Oh, yeah, quite a few. Okay. Uh, they had a couple different shows. Uh, you know, Ralph and Vicky, you know, try to, <laughs> I know I ramble, but I started filming with Ralph and Vicky in 2008. I've known Ralph and Vicky a few years prior to that uh, and ultimately started filming and hunting with their uh, their posse, as they call their pro staff. And that was, again, 2008, so about 12, 13 years ago. And... In fact, that was the year Aaliyah was born was 2008. So it was right after we joined Archer's Choice that, that a few months later she was born. So they, you know, they, she grew up around Ralph and Vicky. We'd go out to their house and go on trips with them and hunt with them and different, you know, the trade shows with them. So good friends of, of ours. They really are. They helped us a lot over the years. And, uh, but when she got old enough to hunt, so five, six years old, and she started, you know, killing animals with a crossbow, they, at some point, I forgot the exact year, but let's just say 12, 13 years ago, and they'd always had Archer's Choice. That was Ralph and Vicky's show from heck. Ralph had a pro shop in Chicago in the early 80s and ultimately started a you know TV show uh, called Archer's Choice. But at, at some point, they, they really wanted to try to include other weapons, not just, you know, compound bows or not just bows. So they wanted to, you know, to try to promote all hunting, you know, crossbows, rifles, muzzleloaders, et cetera, shotguns. So they started a second show called The Choice. And uh, Aaliyah was on a bunch of The Choice episodes over the years with her crossbow, you know, harvest. And then, uh, again, a couple bow bow kills as well when she kind of transitioned into bow hunting uh, three years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, and and I've enjoyed watching Ralph and Vicky over the years. It's always been a pleasure to see the relationships they've built in the industry, and it's it's pretty cool that – you know, we're getting to talk with such a young, you know, soul in the industry that's coming up that's you know, got a, a vibrant spirit about her. You can tell it's in the in the videos and things like that. So, Lee, I got a question for you. When yep. you and when you and Dad first got started uh, filming, how did it? How did that go? Did was it kind of nerve wracking for you to be on camera? or Were you pretty pretty okay with it? Um, I was pretty okay with it. I mean, sometimes I would have to come up with different sentences on my own and I would have to like redo a few of the um just a few times don't and, worry about uh, that Nick messes up all the time when he's when he's recording too so it's okay <laughs> I, I record I three or four different times just to see which one I like better <laughs> oh yeah we're the same way <laughs> have you ever filmed your dad hunting yes 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw some pictures where she was kind of behind the camera, so I was wondering if she'd ever got in there and filmed you. Uh, she's a lot better cameraman than I am. Black better cam- she's a she's a better camera person than I am. She's, <laughs> she's more she's more she's more stable. Um, she's real creative on her shots. On a, uh, she's 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 a better camera person than I am. That is awesome. Do you enjoy that side of it, Aaliyah? The filming part? Yeah, I do. That's great. Have you filmed any of your friends hunting? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Now, do you guys up at school? Since I guess you kind of—it's kind of like, like like your dad said—it's kind of a big deal. Do you guys have archery there? Um, no, I don't think we do. Okay. It, it's interesting. The NASP, which is obviously it's big and across the country, awesome program. Uh, it her school district doesn't have it. Um, for whatever reason, and it's with the, with the with the equipment that that the NASP program uses, she wouldn't really be able to. To be involved with it anyway. Gotcha. Now, do you find when when you're going out and, and practicing a league? I, I've watched some videos of you here recently with that new bow that you just got. Have you uh, have you found it easier when you're shooting at those long distances to make it better for you sh- in your your situational hunting to shoot shorter uh, distances? Yeah, it helps. What's your favorite part about the the bow? Is it is it the sh- target practice or is it the actually getting out and hunting with it? Um, I like both, but hunting's what I really like to do. When when do you start practicing for the upcoming season? Uh, I usually I really just practice all year round. <laughs> Boom! Shaka laka! Doesn't drop <laughs> that one. On you, pump your brakes, Nick. <laughs> is there um, y'all get to do a lot of three D shoots up there? Is there they do a lot of those locally? Yeah, quite a few. We, you know, last year we didn't with with uh, with everything going on with COVID, unfortunately. But uh, we did the two years prior to that when Aaliyah, her first two years bow hunting, she we, we did a ton of three D, including a couple R one hundreds and stuff, and she did really really well at them. Um, but I kind of agree with her. Her, she's a good target archer, and she's done well in tournaments. But she, she her her target and tournament shooting is geared for bow hunting to make her a better shot yes to make her a better bow hunter you know a better bow hunter a better archer in the woods you know when when, at the moment of truth yeah and in practicing all year round i mean that's something that i'll be honest with you most people in the south and our buddies and stuff around here we'll we'll start shooting in july august getting ready for a september opener we really don't focus on shooting all year round now, do I. <laughs> no, well, and I think that's something that, you know, with, with our kids, I know Caden here, he likes to get out and shoot all year long and Sawyer with his little bow, my son, he likes to get out and shoot in the yard. And so mm-hmm. I'll take him out. And I think it's something about uh, introducing them early to archery, like you've done with Aaliyah and getting her involved in that. It's going to make her a better, a better hunter and you can see the work in any of the videos out there that she's put in as far as building it up and the passion that she has for it. And kudos to you, dad, for, for building her up in that. Cause that's, that's something you don't see that much anymore. It's a, it's a dying, dying thing. And, and it's sad to say that. I mean, that, that the hunting, the hunting public, not the show, the hunting public, but the hunting community right. in itself 
is I mean it's fading fast in in today's society. Now, Aaliyah, do you ever do you ever have anybody at school kind of not understand the hunting side of things, and you have to explain it to them why you enjoy it so much? Um, just a few people. And how do you explain that? I mean, kind of walk me through what your thoughts are on hunting. What does it mean to you? Well, I really just tell them you have to experience it to really enjoy it and and understand it. Yeah, that's absolutely 100% true. And and I, I can't wait to watch you, you know, going into the future as far as it goes. So let's talk about the, uh, the Hoyt Lifeblood video series and what got you into that david how did you even find out about that uh hoyt reached out to us last summer they i don't know how long that you know whose brainchild it was we got some friends at hoyt we've worked with hoyt for uh you know some time now through archer's choice um you know ralph and vicky have been partnered with hoyt for a long time so back in going back 10 12 years when i started when i first joined archer's choice you know so long before the my story with Aaliyah project started uh, I, I started shooting a Hoyt and last summer, I believe it was late, late August, early September, Hoyt reached out to us and said, Hey, we've got this Hoyt lifeblood, uh, film contest that we're starting that, that we've, uh, created. And, you know, we really think you guys would, uh, you know, have a good, uh, good, uh, project or entry for it so we're, we're, they really encouraged us to, to give it a shot and that kind of was our whole our whole fall we got with our producer right away back in right as, as soon as Hoyt reached out to us and uh we kind of I don't want to say dedicated our season but we dedicated our filming our our filming season to that project the last the previous year like last year so starting in 2000 you know, 1920 hunting season, we kind of were, let's introduce the, my story with a Leah project. And so that was kind of what our films were. Our, our videos were dedicated to our production was dedicated towards, but our whole season was kind of centered around or built around the Hoyt lifeblood project. It, you know, it really meant a lot to us. Hoyt did a phenomenal job trying to kind of bring not just uh, bow hunters, but, non-hunting archers and bow hunters together uh, i think they they did a phenomenal job with the project with the, with the with the contest with the film contest and i know they're already talking about having it again this coming you know this fall it had a ton of phenomenal entries if you guys get a chance uh, check out some some of the there's just a ton of them uh a ton of just phenomenal videos so we were you know privileged and, and blessed to be uh, you know ultimately uh you know, chosen as the winner. Yeah. And it's a great video. I mean, you can, you can see it from the very beginning till the very end, the, the passion that you share together in it. But what I like best about it is you, you went back to those very first few days of where she was following you around. And any, any of the guys out here mm-hmm. can kind of give you, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it kind of hit home for a lot of us. Any of us that got daughters, it kind of, struck home like this is awesome getting them out there in the woods because that's the difference now you're a young lady getting out into the woods with her dad whereas most people look at it as hey i want a son to take hunting with me mm-hmm. and that you're changing mm-hmm. that mantra and that that's very that's very enlightening and, and good to see well like like, hey. like like we talked about you know she talks about shooting her bow all year round 
Well, think about kids that are passionate about basketball or whatever. They'll shoot basketballs all year round, you know, so that that's her passion and that's that's what keeps her driven to, you know, want to practice and get better and just chase November, right? Yeah. Well, you're you're 100% right and and when you mentioned we talked about it earlier, uh one of the one of the things I did with her that I think has helped her a lot. Again, I wasn't the best archer when I was, you know, 13 through literally about 20, 22 years old. I was not a great archer, not a great bow hunter. Uh, but I practiced a lot in the, you know, leading up to bow season. But like you, you mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of guys just start out in July or August, or whatever, even later, you know, not, not too long before bow, bow season starts. So what, with Aaliyah, I really wanted to not just do the year-round practice, you know, and I never wanted her to get burnt out on it, but I wanted her to practice lifelike hunting conditions, not just shooting, you know, 20 yards with a rangefinder, uh, standing, you know, when it's 70 degrees, perfect conditions. So we did a lot of lifelike hunting conditions, even going back to when she's using a crossbow, I'd have her sit in the tree stand with her, you know, hunter safety system best on, uh, and, and kind of call her shots like, hey, you know, I'd let her use a rangefinder, of course, um, but she'd say that deer is steep quartering away, and she'd say 40 yards. So she'd, you know, figure out what, you know, dot to use in her scope, for example, in her crossbow. Uh, and if it was a core, you know, perfectly broadside, she'd, you know, tuck it tight to the, to the crease or on the crease. And if it was a quartering away shot, et cetera, you know, angles, steep angles. But we started doing that with a crossbow right off. And then kind of, kind of sagged into when she started shooting a compound, I'm like, listen, you're not standing there broadside at a, at a animal that's frozen like a target for, you know, taking as long as you want. So she would learn to try to shoot quickly. She would learn to hold her draw for like, you know, 30, 40 seconds, which sometimes happens. She'd learn, you know, tough angles, steep angles, quartering away, et cetera. And again, stuff out in the woods, there's some stuff in the lifeblood video of us, of her shooting her Hoyt in a cornfield and it's actually one of our sets. So I think that, um, you know, young hunters and, and even older hunters alike, if you, the, the more you're put in those actual hunting type conditions or situations, the more, you know, the better you're prepared when, when they, for an actual encounter. I mean, you can never replicate, you know, the, the adrenaline or the, 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 the sheer panic, you know, the hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or, or bigger buck, whatever, you know, whatever, uh, a, a trophy is in your eyes you can never kind of replicate that same pressure but i think you could kind of help yourself by putting yourself in or or, or youth you know your kids if you're if you're hunting with kids put them in, put them in as lifelike conditions or settings as possible ahead of the hunt so when they do encounter those actual you know animal and, uh, hunting situations or encounters they're a lot more prepared and again like i said that's there's a couple examples of that in the, in the lifeblood video. So Aaliyah, and you may have to help her out with this question, David, what is the setup for your bow particularly? And, and the reason I ask is I'm sure there's several young ladies that we know locally here. They're going to turn it, tune into the show after they find out that you're on here and they, they want to hear about your bow. So you want to talk us through it? Um, I um, shoot Eastern Arrows and um, Axis 340 
And then, um, what kind of rest do you use? Do you use a whisker biscuit or is it a drop away rest or? She shoots a Hoyt 2AD rest. Okay. All right. The Hoyt integrate, the Hoyt integrate MS. Yep. Yep. And then as far as the sight goes, I'm curious on that more than anything. Um, it's an Apex single pin. Okay. Ooh, so single pin. I was curious about that because that's what I like. That's what Nick shoots. And I shoot a multi pin. shoots a multi pin. I'm a five so. pin guy. I like my multi pins there. That that moving it, I can't. Well, you've got more comments. you got more sense about it than I do because I can't remember to did, move the pin. Now, David, did you push her towards a single pin or is that something that she wanted? Um, or? Uh, she was really hesitant. She was shooting a three pin her first, her first year bow hunting. And she did okay with it. I mean, she did fine uh, on a, a, a big Ohio whitetail late season. And she shot a doe, a couple does with it in Ohio here. And then that first bow animal was it was a turkey was a, was a three pin true glow site. When we were preparing and she was 10, so this would have been two springs ago, about this time actually, exactly two years ago, we had an opportunity to go to Alaska. And as she mentioned earlier, she was a black bear, but it was actually a brown bear hunt for her. So we went on a brown bear hunt. She had a brown bear tag and a black bear tag, and I just had a black bear tag. Um, and, you know, this this wasn't a whitetail in Ohio or the Midwest. This is a brown bear. You know, there's there's no room for mistake. You know, not because not just you, you obviously want to make a, a clean, ethical, quick kill, but it's life or death for you and the guide. So as, as far as, you know, when you're tracking these animals, you know, brown bear isn't a white tail. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. so I wanted to, I, I said, let's, uh, I wanted, and these are relatively short distances. We knew going in that this was going to be, you know, 10 to maybe 30 yards. We're kind of hunting along where uh, brown bears are and black bears too. We're feeding along these, these little tiny creeks and streams. It was, it was late spring so they, the salmon runs hadn't really started like they do in later summer up there but still they were feeding on you know trout and salmon running these creeks or these streams so most of the shots we knew were going to be inside 25 yards um so she I, I i asked her to try a single pin and she was real hesitant resistant uh, to it but i said listen the nice thing about a single pin you don't have, there's no confusion. You, you put it where you want it to be. You, you place the pin where you want to hit and that's where it's going to hit, you know, but obviously you've got to, you know, be aware of your range and so forth. And, you know, use that dial, the, the apex covert single pin she uses is real easy to, for, for acquisition. It's a, it's a simple knob. It's easy to, it's easy to operate, you know, in the moment of, you know, under pressure conditions. And the first night she used it, she's like, I love this site. I don't, I don't want to use a three pin. I don't want to use a multiple pin. So going into a, that Alaska hunt two years ago is kind of where she switched to a single pin and she hasn't looked back. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit, Ali, about your, uh, kind of your, your arrow setup um, and your, in your bow setup? Uh, my draw length is 26 inches and then my draw weight is 53 pounds. You draw nearly as much as I am. I don't draw but fifty six. So, so what's your one pin out? What's your what can you shoot up to the max with one pin? Not by not um, moving it. Seventy five. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I meant like, can you shoot from like zero to thirty without moving it? No, no. it's she's shooting a slow, heavy setup. 
Right. Now, that 340 arrow is heavy. That's that's going back to what I used to shoot, those 340s. Okay. She's shooting a 451 grain total arrow weight setup. So for, what, black bear, for black bears and brown bears, she was shooting a 520 grain arrow. Counting, were, counting about it. You were probably in those dangerous game. Yeah, the kinetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. High, high FOC, you know, that's uh, relatively high FOC, 16%, I think. And, and it, it was six. It's her, her FOC now in her arrow setup is around 15.9, 16%. But for her brown and black bear setup, it was like 20.5% FOC. What are you shooting, a brass insert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A brass collar, actually. Brass collar. Mm-hmm. The reason we did that, besides the increase in the FOC, it was going again going back to that 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 bear hunt. We we wanted to, and, and Easterns are super strong, phenomenal shafts. But we want we didn't want the broadhead to ever split the shaft if it hit a big bone like a shoulder blade or something on a brown bear. Right. So we used that brass collar to kind of, you know, kind of our thought was, and working with our pro shop kind of strengthen that leading edge of that arrow to prevent splintering if it encounter if the broadhead you know if the arrow encountered a, a heavy bone on a on a brown bear not so much a black bear they're you know they're i hate to say not tough animals but they're similar to a white tail um but a brown bear you know they're big boned animals uh so our thought was put that and it's a 20 grain brass collar but it kind of increased her foc and it also, again, strengthened that front edge of that arrow. Yeah, those brass inserts and brass collars, that's something that's came into fruition in the last few years and, and definitely came. FOC is something a lot of people argue whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, and it's but it's proven itself to be to be very volatile. Cody, you, you wanted to ask about them? Those grizzly stick broadheads, I was just curious, are those um, fixed blade or are those expandables, or do they have both? The, the fixed blade, that's... Uh, it, you know, I hate to, I don't want to sell a product, um, but I would say this, and, and, and it, this kind of relates to that FOC point you made, because I agree with you. It's definitely kind of the trend the last years is heavy arrows and high FOCs, you know, there's, so there's, and trust me, I've got, you know, there's, there's positive and negatives on all that, because obviously you're giving up some flat, you know, some trajectory and you're slowing down your arrow quite a bit in some situations. We gear the the arrow the arrow weight the FOC just for Aaliyah, meaning this whole setup was built for her. You know when she started bow hunt, she was shooting you know forty pounds and a super light arrow like little Easton I think they're Easton Ion six hundreds with like an eighty five grain Thunderhead um, by NAP. So I was trying to get a light, quick arrow, trying to maximize her speed, and it did. They, that performed well on whitetails and, and turkeys that first year bow hunt when she was nine. But when we kind of started working on uh, our gear for her bear hunt, I'm like, you know, you're only shooting 50 pounds and you got to shoot 50 pounds in Alaska to shoot to hunt brown bears. Black bears, I think it's 40, but for, for brown bears in Alaska, you need 50 pound minimum draw weight and a 300 grain arrow, total arrow weight. She was shooting around 280 or 290 with her setup here or Ohio and the Midwest. So T-Bone, um, who I think is a phenomenal archer and bow hunter, uh, we're good friends with him. And he, he said, listen, you really need to consider a high FOC and a heavy, heavier arrow for her. These aren't whitetails. This is, you know, brown and black bears. You really need to have her gear set up specifically for that, you know, that, that type of game. 
Um, so I, I was looking at different broadheads out there and there's, you know, different forums and, and, and Facebook bow hunter type groups and ultimately started talking to Garrett at Grizzly Stick. And, uh, the Grizzly Stick Masai is a, is a fixed blade broadhead cut to the tip and whether I would suggest this, this type of setup for, for anyone that's like a smaller frame, like a, a, a woman that might be shorter, shorter draw length or youth, whether you go with a grizzly stick or another brand, I highly recommend a super sharp, super strong cut to the tip broadhead fixed blade for lighter poundage and lighter, you know, and, and, and shorter draw length is as much a factor as, as draw weight, you know, draw length of bigger hindrance to small kids to, to kids and, and, and young small frame people than draw weight it's, you know people don't realize how how uh advantageous having a lot longer draw length is because of that longer power stroke so I, that's kind of what really holds a lot of kids back as far as having a good performing bow hunting setup is their 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 short draw length you know luckily leah's got super long arms so you know she's shooting 26 inches with relatively you know long draw length for someone that age uh, but even when she was shooting 24, 24 and a half inch draw length, uh, her setup with those, with those Eastern axis and the, 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 the brass collars and the grizzly stick broadheads, you know, really perform well. It's, uh, it, she's blown through all three white tails in Ohio, all three mature bucks she shot in Ohio with that setup. She blew through the black bear with it. She's blown through about four or five does in Ohio. And on the elk she shot in New Mexico this past September with her Hoyt, she, uh, 37 yards, it penetrated to the veins. Golly. Wow. We didn't even, we didn't so, even know you'd killed an elk, too. I mean, we were we, Cody's over here drooling at the mouth hearing about that. Killed two elk. <laughs> Excuse me. Pump your brakes, Alex. Yeah, I'm pump gonna, my brakes. I'm going to ease on towards the house, boys. <laughs> So tell us about that, Aaliyah. Was that was that pretty cool going from you know hunting whitetails in the Midwest to headed out headed out and kill an elk? It was really incredible. What was the coolest part about that? Um, probably just hearing the bugle yeah. way off in the distance. That yeah, is, that, that's definitely a dream of mine, and I've been out there when they're bugling just on vacation, and that's definitely a dream of mine that i'm going to get to one day so that's awesome that you got to experience that how big was the bull that you shot nothing that matters i don't care if it was a, i don't care if you killed two cows um um those What was it like walking up on an animal like that, Aaliyah? Was it pretty cool to see them, how big they were? Yeah, it was really cool. How long did it take you to carry it out by yourself? Because I know you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, this ranch is relatively traversable with vehicles. We back right up with a with a flatbed truck and a winch. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the way. That's the way yeah, that's the way. I might go on an elk hunt with you, Cody, if we can do that. <laughs> I might get involved in that. Hey, Aaliyah, why did you guys name that buck ugly? Um, well, on trail camera pictures, he kind of had an ugly face, so that's why we named him ugly. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I hope I don't ever show up on a trail camera. That's what I'll That be. was the 160? 168. How many scorable points? Um, 
She's counting them up right now. I know she's sitting there <laughs> she's looking, looking at, at it. On, she's looking at it on her wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thir- that was a 13, 13, right? 13. 13? Wow. Yeah. wow. That's an awesome. That's and t- awesome. T- t- kind of tell us real quick, how, f- how far was the shot and how far did it run? Um, 20, the shot was 25 yards. And he ran 150 yards. Oh, that's not bad. No, not at all. So, Aaliyah, now you've had a pretty storied hunting background. Which which one of those hunts that you've been on has been your favorite so far? Um, my second elk hunt. Second elk hunt. What made that one so special? Um, I shot it with my Hoyt bow. <laughs> Golly. Look at Alex. He's over here just, just smiling like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> keep you. on, keep on keeping on, yeah. little one. I love it. I don't have a problem with Hoyt. I ain't got a problem with Hoyt either. No. Alex just likes we to rub it in on us, and we rub it in on him. <laughs> we we went out there the last year, 2019, uh, and it was later in the, the season. It was the first rifle hunt in New Mexico that year, so it was like October 5th or 6th that we went out there two years ago. The bulls were bugling, but they were not – coming in no it's like they it's like the white tail right at the end they're over it for the most part you know what i mean so or i call it, it's more similar to turkey hunting our turkeys here you know sometimes they'll they'll come running but by the end of our four or five week turkey season here in ohio i've watched you know birds literally completely ignore your calls in the field you know they have three or four long beers out there and they don't care how good a call you are you know it could be Michael Waddell and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're not, they're not coming. Um, they're, they're over it. And it seemed like that's kind of how it was two years ago. Their first, her first elk hunt, it was the first rifle season out there, but she was bow hunting. And we only had, we only had five days to, to get it done. And she was really sick. She had just a really nasty head and chest cold when we went out there. Uh, but by day three, realizing the bulls, were bugling they respond to your calls but they weren't coming she switched to, to her uh, a browning 270 and that that third afternoon of the hunt she ended up having a she shot one actually kind of was it was on the run they the guide and her called it in and uh it was trotting towards them and she shot it about you know 80 85 yards and you know kind of nose ran 10 or 15 yards and nose planted so this year we we uh we scheduled the hunt a lot earlier in in september when they were you know more in the in the rut uh and we hit it we hit it just right uh and but that was her goal was to, to shoot one with her with her with her hoyt you know she was really super proud of that that bull she killed the rifle two years ago but you know she really had her heart set and killing with her with a compound and um ended up taking all week it was uh, literally the last like hour and a half of the last day of the hunt but uh ended up working out makes it even more special well, David, oh, absolutely. as we as we kind of, you know, get towards the end of this thing here, I'm going to kick it over to Nick, and, and he's got a couple of questions at the end of every episode we kind of go through, and, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him take over from there and, and, and ask you guys a couple of questions he's always got for everybody. Hey, Ali, I'm going to start with you first. Okay. What, what's a piece of advice you would give a kid that might be coming up in the outdoors? Whether that be bow hunting, um, turkey hunting, anything, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, keep it fun and just enjoy it. Good answer. Um, what are you most thankful for, Leah? Um, hunting with my dad. Yeah, 
Another great answer. That's awesome. Aaliyah, I got I got one more. I don't I, I guess we kinda ask this sometimes, but what's what's the next um animal that you want to pursue? Um, um or a white tail in Montana. <laughs> or an antelope. Or an antelope. Or there an you antelope. go. Have you taken an antelope yet? I have not. Well, time to get on the time to get do on you, there. Do you have anything planned for the upcoming uh season for one of those? Um September. Which one? We're going to Montana. Montana? Um, antelope um, and whitetail. Oh, that's awesome. Old speed goat. Can't wait to watch that one. Bow, bow hunting? Yep. That's Good awesome. for you. Aaliyah, uh, let, me kick it, let me kick it over to your dad real quick. All right. David, this is, gonna, this is kind of going to be a two-part question for you. What, first off, what's a piece of advice you'd give somebody bringing a kid up in the outdoor world? Kind of the same, same answer Lee gave. Just keep it fun and interesting. And I go back to that, uh, get them out of a blind if you can. I really think that's a huge factor. Just, you know, whether they're sitting next to you, listening to a bird's gobble in the morning when you're turkey hunting, or you're in a tree stand next to them, let them experience the whole, let them, let them have that overall outdoor experience, not just looking through a, you know, a, a little tunnel in front of them or the only animals they can see in here or what's directly in front of the blind, get them out of the blind, let them, let them immerse themselves in the overall outdoor experience, the sound, you know, the, 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 the sounds, the smells, everything, the sights, when it, when a squirrel is running up the, the, the tree trunk, three, you know, three feet from their head, uh, when a woodpecker, you know, lands on the, on the, on the, on the branch next to you, or, you know, a, a, a hawk swoops in close, um, you know, when it, when a possum is, in the leaves underneath you, a chipmunk, whatever, let them, you know, immerse themselves, help them immerse them in the overall outdoor experience, not just, again, you know, blinds are great, and I, I trust me, they have their place, don't get me wrong, but I really think that's a, a helpful to, to getting kids hooked on the outdoors is, and again, if the, if the kid messes up the hunt, who cares, you know, that doesn't matter, there's more important things to know, you know, we want, we want to get kids involved, that's, you know, that's kind of what the, the whole premise or, or goal of the, the My Story with Aaliyah project is to try to inspire, you know, kids to get involved with archery and bow hunting. Uh, you know, you talk about that, that kind of just kind of, that kind of, I guess this is kind of going back to woodsmanship in the outdoors by doing that, just teaches them patience and quiet and just try to teach them things. So uh, um, I love that answer, man. Now, what what's a piece of advice you would give maybe just an adult coming up in the outdoors that didn't have kids or just something maybe that you learned a long time ago that you still use today? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, it's 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 tough to answer that only because I value the relationship I had with my dad growing up, um, and, and him hunting. And again, he wasn't a huge bow hunter, but still, I'll be forever grateful for him to that he took me hunting when I was a little, you know, when I was eight, ten years old. It's it's interesting because he's he's been out of town for sixteen months, just staying away, you know, kind of laying low because of COVID. That was just his, you know, his his opinion on it, he kind of wanted to lay low and, and not expose himself too much. So he kind of just stayed at home for the last 16 months. He lives out of state, but he came to town a week ago, literally uh, just in the last week, we finally get to finally get to see him. So to Turkey hunt with him here in Ohio, the last several days has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, just brings back so many memories of growing up and, and hunting with my dad. Um, so that's a tough question. Cause I've always had that, that, that parent, 
you know, child type hunting relationship. Uh, you know, whether it be with my dad or now with Aaliyah the last, you know, eight, 10 years as she's growing up. So, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of great resources out there. Podcasts like yourself, you guys haven't, you know, we love your podcast. Thank you. Um, we love what you guys are doing, but there's a, there's a lot of great resources out there now for beginning, you know, beginning hunters. There really are hunting land is becoming tougher and tougher to, to, to come by obviously quality hunting land, but there's some, some phenomenal public areas in a lot of different states. You got to do your homework, of course, but, uh, you know, just, you know, I, I would suggest going to your, lo- if, if you, if it's archery, for example, you want to get started and definitely go to your local pro shop. You know, the, the, the guys at pro shops are experts at getting you set up with the proper equipment. I think that's a big, a, a, a big factor as well. Make sure you get the, you know, the equipment to match your, your budget and your size and frame and strength and so forth. You know, if you got well-matched equipment, uh, you know, that, that goes a long way toward your enjoyment and success level. You know, if you, it, it really helps a lot. So again, I would suggest if you, again, if you want to get into bow hunting, go to, go to your local pro shop and, and, uh, whatever bow brand you want to shoot. Cause there's a ton of them out there. You guys mentioned you know, a couple of different bow brands that you guys shoot. Believe me, they're all, they're all phenomenal bows right now. You know, we're, we're, we love our Hoyts, but, but we realize there's some other phenomenal bow brands out there and it's all a matter of personal preference. Uh, so go, you know, shoot, shoot what you want to shoot, uh, and hunt the style you want to hunt. You know, if, if you want to use a crossbow, that's fine. If you want to just, you know, limit yourself to, to, to rifle hunting or gun hunting, that's fine too. We, you know, we definitely need to try to be more inclusive as, as, as outdoorsmen and sportsmen and hunters. Uh, and try to help the you know the the, the guys and, and 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 women and youth that are coming up, uh, you know, not exclude each other, but try to include each other and and help each other out. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, we're we're losing numbers. You mentioned early on we're we're, we're losing hunters and outdoorsmen. You know, in droves, unfortunately, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, loss of habitat and loss of hunting areas is, is a big factor. Um, you know, and, and kids nowadays have just so many more diversions, you know, with, with all the video games and everything and, and phones and, and games now. It's a lot different than it was, you know, for example, when I was growing up. But, uh, you know, take it, help help get others involved in hunting and help them out. You know, don't exclude them, include them. By any legal means necessary, we continue to strive for that. On, on In our group, hey, we've been fortunate enough to take them with – Bows, crossbows, yeah. shotguns, muzzle loaders, rifles, everything under the sun. If it's legal, we promote it. That's what we're all about for sure. So Absolutely. thank you for saying that, Absolutely. David. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. yeah, and I and I kinda agree with the first part talking about getting back out with your dad. And you know, a lot of us, you know, we 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 don't really cherish those moments as much as we should when we're able to get out and hunt with our family. But man, just 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 getting out there and being able to do it. I, I seen a smile on my dad's face this past weekend and and I, I scared, I stood up and scared the turkey off right at the end. And we've been hunting this bird about six hours. And, and, um, he kept telling me, quit beating myself up. But he was like, you know, we just, we made so many memories out there. So those things is, is, can be lost too in the day to day world as fast as we go. So, um, oh, you're not, you're, you're not kidding. You, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to, it's easier said than done, but you got to try to slow down and appreciate those moments. Even, uh, an un, I don't want to call it an unsuccessful hunt, but you guys did you, you, you and your dad didn't kill that bird, but 
the work you put in and you know, that five or six hour experience, you know, that's, 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 that's a memory, you know, that's right. Uh, you may have as as strong a memory and lasting memory of that event or experience as if you had killed the bird, you know, just how hard, how how hard you guys work, you know, versus a 10 minute hunt where the bird comes running in and you, you know, you kill them first thing off the roost. So, you know, those, some of those, and again, I don't want to call them unsuccessful hunts, but just because there wasn't a kill, wasn't a harvest, doesn't mean it wasn't, you know, a success. I mean, believe me, you know, Lee has had a a great run and had a lot of success, um, but there's been dozens, if not hundreds of days where she didn't kill something. And I can, I could, you know, I I have memories and and I hope and, you know, pray that she does too, that will last with her from as many hunts that weren't successful as far as a kill as the, as those that were successful as far as a, you know as a killer harvest that's that's right and i believe those those hunts that go that way are what keep us going after them so oh absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely david la- last from me what are you most thankful for having a family that supports uh what what i do my passion having a daughter that uh has has uh share is willing to share that passion with me um you know believe me i'm the lucky one uh here i really am and uh, i'm blessed that i have a family that supports what i do that's involved with what i do having access to some great hunting hunting areas that definitely helps but having a daughter that uh not only is willing to you know share that hobby with me but also has that that level of passion i'm definitely blessed uh, I don't take it for granted at all. You know, it's, it's, we, you know, there's, and believe me, it's not just hunting. You know, Leah loves to fish too. We finally got our boat in the water a couple of days ago. We hadn't had it in the water for two years. So we got out the crappie fish a couple of days ago. We're sitting upstairs actually in, in, in my bedroom or our bedroom. And she just ran over to the window because the bird were hunting. You, we actually could see it strutting last night from our back bedroom window on this old logging road behind our house. And she just, she just snuck over there and took a peek and she, and she, she shook her head saying it's not there. But about this time last night, it was strutting on its way back to, on, you know, on its way to roost. And we got set up pretty close to him this morning, but, uh, he was with a hen and, and, uh, and she ended up, she had some testing this morning at school, some state testing actually. So she's like, Hey, sometimes we're still going late to school an hour or two if we're working a bird. But she's like, listen, I gotta be at school at, on time today, so we 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 couldn't we, we couldn't wait this one out. Uh, we didn't bump them when we snuck out, but we only had about an hour to hunt. But uh, um, yeah, like I said, just I'm incredibly blessed to have a, a family that that not only supports what I do, but involved is involved with with hunting and the outdoors and fishing. Uh, and then again, uh, having you know my daughter that uh, is you know I, again I couldn't. I, I couldn't be, you know, any more blessed to, to have someone that shares that passion with me like she does. Well, David, as a as a father of five kids total, two two of them being girls, um, ten and nine. I, you know, I just want to say I appreciate what you know what you're doing, and you know, obviously, you haven't forced her to you know take on this passion, but it's just really. I mean, my son sitting here beside me he's 15 and he loves outdoors his the passion runs deep but it makes me want to try to 
try to see and get them more involved um, with some, you know, with, with outdoors more than the things that they're already doing. So I just want to say I appreciate, you know, what y'all are doing. I've been following y'all um, for a while now when Alex, you know, inter- introduced me to y'all on the on Instagram there, and I just appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. That means a lot to us. It Thank really you. does. That, that, that means a lot. Like I said, we love what you guys are doing too, believe me. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty impressive, you know, for – relatively new uh you know project you guys are kicking butt it's it's impressive so keep you know keep it up keep up the keep up the hard work and keep up the great work david hey thanks again Aaliyah. thank you so much for coming on the episode thanks for reaching out to alex and um hey good luck the rest of this turkey season i hope you guys get get a good one yeah, yeah thank you thank you we, we need it. it sounds like you guys are doing awesome I, I know you don't have a ton of season left down there in georgia but uh be uh be safe the rest of the season. Good luck and, and God bless. Well, David, and and I want to, you know, kind of close this thing out by saying it, it's been an honor and a privilege. I know we've been talking about doing this thing for a while, and uh, even before the the announcement of you guys winning the Hoyt Lifeblood video series, I had reached out to you and told you I loved what y'all were doing, and I thought it would be a great fit, and it absolutely has and the passion that your uh, your young daughter there is is showing is is very very enlightening to a lot of people out there that I think can get a lot from it. Um, and and you can be a voice for the industry as you go, Aaliyah. And and you just continue to grow and continue to do everything you're doing. And as you said, David, mounting those memories and making those memories that's something we say on every show at the end of it. Mount the memories. It's not about the successes as you take in, a, in an animal's life but it's about mounting those opportunities and making those memories stand out in your mind. Cause I'm sure just like everybody else that's got a deer on the wall or a Turkey or a bird or, or whatever it may be, you look at those animals and you can remember the exact moment you're not mounting that animal, you're mounting that memory and you can look that's, back on it. That's the perfect way to put it. It really is. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's something we've strived to strive to make people realize that, when they walk into my house and in in any one of our homes and they see a deer on the wall, it's not about seeing that animal there. It's about seeing that moment in time that's captured by that memory and it's mounting those memories. And, you know, I want to, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I want to thank you very much, Aaliyah, for taking your time out of your evening. I know it's a, I know it's a school night and uh, I know you've probably got all kinds of plans uh, for the upcoming season and we cannot wait to, uh, to see you in the future. Hopefully we can run into you. Maybe we can run into you at an ATA show next year. We're, we're hoping to be there if, uh, if things work out the right way, if we keep going the direction we're going. Yeah. I tell you that, that's, that's, uh, let's all hope and uh, pray for that. Um, that's a, that's an awesome show. And we, we hope to meet you guys down there. We really do. Uh, Alex, Nick, Cody, Caden, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your time and, and having us, uh, tonight. Any final closing thoughts you got, Aaliyah, before we let you guys go? Um, not really. Just have fun and enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> there we go. Amen to that. Well, David, I'll be talking to you very soon, man, and uh, we'll be in touch, and, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. Thank, Thank y'all. You. All right. Thank bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, as you just heard there, an amazing episode from a young lady that's coming up in the hunting industry and uh, a dad that's just as passionate as, as any father would be about their kids getting into the outdoors. I mean, you can't you can't put it into words what, what they're being able to share with everyone. If you haven't saw their videos, if you haven't watched that uh, Lifeblood video, 
you need to go over and check it out because it's absolutely amazing what they're being able to put together. And she is a hammer. I told uh, I told you when I first yeah. shared that video with you a while back. That I saw uh, yeah. I sent you two or three pictures of the deer she had killed, yes. and, and I was like, "You've got to see this girl." And it's been two three months ago. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was saying. A couple and months ago. Yes. I reached out to David on one of the shows. He said, "Absolutely, man. Let's make it work." And um, you know for. For somebody that's entrenched in the industry and, and continuing to grow himself to take the time out to come on here, man, that's yeah. it's a blessing and an honor for for them to come on. I can't wait wait to see what happens and it with can, it. And it continues on. Every person we meet in the industry, just good, wholesome. Yeah, people. I mean, and I mean, that's just, what it's about. It doesn't matter. Even outside the industry, oh, the absolutely. individuals that we talk with, it's it's a great conversation to be had. So, um, Nick, anything else you got, man? Nope. <laughs> i gotta go get my nephew a turkey but that's it now well i'm sure you will i'm sure you'll put it on it so i guess um, we we eating turkey breast friday night probably what probably so all right all right <laughs> we get a meal cooked at the next <laughs> at the next in podcast land we get a hey we need need some turkey breast to talk to that feller that's going to be a good one. It is. That's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to get that one underway. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to ask you to go over and check out all the amazing YouTube content that my two partners in crime here are laying out. They are putting out some amazing stuff. Nick's got some stuff he ain't dropped yet. I know in podcast land, it'll already be there. We got some new shirts. We got new logos. We got all kinds of new stuff going on. The KT Team Fundraiser is winding down, and I cannot thank everyone enough. If you've donated any piece of, of yourself into this thing with us, we can't thank you enough because it's it's really blossomed into something we're very humbled about and we're very proud of. And, uh, man, that's going to be an amazing week. I cannot wait. It's going to be an amazing weekend when we get down there with those guys, and, and that's going to be something very fun. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for tuning in. Invite you to come back next time, sit on the porch with us a while. We'll be sure to talk about it. We want to remind you, smile as you go, and don't forget, mount the members. <laughs>